0: We did it! We got through the week. Well, we're still at Thursday, but we're almost done with the week. It's almost payday for some of you money grabbers, your Uncle Scrooge is out there. And Welcome to the podcast.
1: It's true that everybody does work for the weekend. So we're, we're here. I worked for the weekend, and, and here here I am. Here you are. It it really took its sweet
0: time getting here. Uh, hello, this is uh, Gentleman Joey. I got Dan. I'm going to remove your mister. I'm denighting you. <sighs>
1: I knew it was going to happen one day.
0: I want you to love your name. And I, you know, I think you, you've already chosen.
1: Yeah. Maybe when
0: you're my age, you're ready to uh, evolve. Well, I think we just got to find a a different, different something for you.
1: Yeah. I think if our listeners have a good name for me. I was
0: was about to say the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you.
1: This is the type of engagement we're looking for. It's nothing relative to film, film noir at all. It's what is my name going to be?
0: I mean, you know, Compared to the engagement we're getting, uh, it's certainly worth a shot.
1: He <laughs> means we're getting a lot of fan mail.
0: We're doing all right. A I mean of, like a lot of letters. I'm more uh, I'm more satisfied with the actual listenership and, and people listening to the, the show than I am with the engagement. So that's okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we're episode what are we at?
1: Seven? Seven.
0: Seven. All dogs go to heaven
1: exactly (laughs) welcome to the show
0: uh did you have a good week that you worked for um it
1: i think like you said it was very very it felt like a very long week um but yeah overall overall pretty good not too shabby right yeah it was okay uh
0: had some good mail like gotten a kickstarter last year and i feel like i'm finally starting to get some of the stuff i funded that's good uh it's fun yeah what a a cool thing yeah kickstarter
1: is great i i i do like appreciate like having some type of platform for people to really fund things that, you know, you might not find some other outlet to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, something like that. I mean, and, and nowadays with the pandemic, obviously it makes it that much harder to, you know, if you're a band or you're with like a label or something like that, it's, it's that much harder. So. Um, yeah. That's kind of what happened parted. was like,
0: because of the pandemic, a lot of people were trying some crazy shit and I was like, all right, let's do it. I'm with do you. It. Yeah. The fir- but the first thing I ever like backed still hasn't come yet.
1: How Which long ago was that?
0: It was. It was early pandemic, but it took some time to like. It was like a comic, so you know the guys had mm. to draw it and everything takes time. But they just sent out the download for it, and it's like it's. It sounds like it's in production. it's well, a good sign. Yeah, but still, hurry up. Yeah, <laughs> <You> <laughs> I like back my mail.
1: Th- thank you for the download. Uh, hurry up. Thank you. I'm glad this
0: is done, but why is it not on my doorstep? Uh, and then today, I don't know if it's here yet. I haven't checked the mail since. We started doing this i figured hey let's continue a conversation instead of me abruptly leaving but uh i have the rose melberg tony molina instant sellout live cassette on in the mail so
1: amazing you gotta it's let not, me know how that is i'm so psyched
0: it's on the great smoking room label uh they do no wrong it's always so impressed by them and uh, yeah I'm, I'm so hyped to listen to this i love live albums things like that that's and i think it's so ideal for the tape format it's just like a quick i mean i don't need to tell you <laughs> we did it together but, <laughs> but yeah when
1: they're both combined it makes it
0: it's just like a, a match made in heaven and i think it's it's one of the one of the selling points of the format it's just a nice quick like hey listen to a, a little live something
1: this is a little something i did live we're doing a yeah. live
0: because you know it's bands most of the time hate their live recordings like all of the time even though the listener would be so happy to hear it um So they often don't see release, but you can kind of convince them every now and then. of like, ah, it's just a tape. Why not? A couple copies, who's going to listen? Yeah, right? Then you get to pull one over on them, and that's a good
1: time. Exactly. You're pulling one over on on every artist. The old pullover. It is winter. You got to stay warm. (laughs) That's true. And I feel like it's a really interesting mix with that particular tape. Like, it's two artists that I love, but I never would have necessarily thought to put them on the same, like, on a split like that. I think that's really... Oh, well, it's like the, it was a really cool idea. Like, it's really cool that, that they did it.
0: Yeah, um, I think she produced him at one point, like produced one of his albums. Oh, did she? I didn't know that. Or she definitely produced someone pretty cool and exciting and ever so slightly out of left field. But mm. I, yeah, I think, um, I think that's a good move for her. I, I think yeah, I'd like to hear her produce one of yours.
1: I would love that. I mean, I did. I did get to to play with Rose once, and that was awesome. She was great live, really Not cool. just a real um, talent. Yeah, absolutely. Just so many different acts, you know. Between, Tiger, Trap, Tiger Trap, Softies, yep. Go Sailor, Go Sailor, um, love Go Sailor. Yeah, just yeah. so many and her solo stuff. Yeah, great exactly. Talent. Yeah. Um, and Tony Molina, I saw um at uh, Kung Fu Necktie in Philly. I think yeah, was, I forgot. It was like, like two. Ago?
0: Yeah, and I remember I had tickets to something that night, and it was too good a show band i wish i could remember what it was but it was that was uh it was with um culture abuse yeah exactly yeah but I've, I've never seen tony molina but i love his i get all of his recorded output he's phenomenal
1: it was honestly better than i could have hoped for and i don't mean to like necessarily like oversell it to you um but like no, it was I'd it was great away. yeah i mean it, it was I think he had. I'm in the five- market for him, so I'm buying. I'm buying. <laughs> I'm, bu- Don't worry. I'm buying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying. Um, I think he. It was like a five piece band. I think he had, wow. and they just ripped. Like, I and mean, yeah. it just. It, and they did a cover of um, "Left of the Dial" by the Replacements, and I was just Ooh. blown away. Like probably the start- longest song they played that night. Right, and I and because like, I wasn't expecting. Like he started into it. I was like, "Is he really doing Replacements right now?" I was Like this is awesome. Because I mean, Replacements are like one of my all time, all time favorite bands, and I was just like, and it just made perfect sense. Like that song for his style like everything like and it just ripped and like you hear all the guitar parts and i think because i think he had like at least two guitars i think he had a third guitar i think if i remember i feel he, like if you're
0: saying five piece that's probably three guitars yeah yeah
1: no, he, he had a bassoon player you know sure. um, <laughs> you know that 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 punk rock bassoon that yo um, that if, all the... if
0: molina's doing it i bet it, it's a great bassoon i actually would trust that bassoon
1: i hey man i think more bands need bassoons I, and i think that i want to integrate that into my I think future
0: humanity needs more reasons to say the word bassoon because also agree. It's great you know we had to create buffoon because of it which is fine but it's no bassoon it's we no all know what we ripped off to get there
1: bassoons are great that, bassoon. if, if you take if if you have one takeaway from this episode i hope that it is we got nothing of value otherwise yeah bassoons are great and very underrated
0: we're only talking about one of the uh most highly regarded films of all time but bassoons yeah bassoons why not bassoon talk baby
1: i think there's there's two things that specifically right before we get into this movie that that i want to mention that for one they talk about jalopies in it so the main character says the word jalopy so i was very excited about that
0: yes yes they said jalopy what they they, what else did they say because it's a double double whammy
1: Well, he said a lot of things. So I don't know exactly what you're looking for. But the other thing I was gonna say was, the the first thing I always think about with this movie is Mrs. Doubtfire. And because I want to bring Mrs. Doubtfire back in because I think we've mentioned it on previous episodes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep bringing Mrs. Doubtfire in as much as possible. But but in one of the scenes in the movie in Mrs. Doubtfire, when he uh, he's being made into Mrs. Doubtfire, he misquotes the famous yes. line from this movie. As often happens. Yes, but uh, that was that was my first introduction to, to Sunset Boulevard when I was a kid. Was learning about it through that uh, that little scene because I, this is my first time watching it. So like at the whole movie, I'm just waiting for that moment. Where where uh Gloria Swanson actually says it.
0: There's so many times and references, like I saw like it was in an episode of Rugrats, they reference it. Yes. Um there was an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures, you know, all these things made it my way. So there was a lot I was familiar with. But are you ready to get into the Boulevard, baby? I, I'm very ready
1: because I thought this movie was awesome. I really like it.
0: Sunset Boulevard, Dan's first time, uh and yes, I'm so glad to hear it. It's fucking great. It's Yeah. I and man i was so hyped to watch it it was a very hard week waiting to watch this one i was i was so eager to get to it because i, I just love it so much
1: yeah i think you know uh, my basic comparison obviously with with billy wilder is is double indemnity and yeah. and you know in comparison to that and i feel like they are pretty neck and neck as far as like quality goes i feel like they're both equally i mean they're very different in many ways but you know, that's my basis of comparison because that was one that I love that Billy Wilder did. Yes, we've um, gone on the record and, and we'll yeah. get to
0: that episode pretty soon, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: oh but, yeah, that's, that's definitely on the horizon. Almost um, should have done like a Wilder twofer, huh? I think we got a twofer coming up that we'll mention later, but I think that we, was- We could do two twofers. Two twofers, oh, we could, yeah. Maybe we will.
0: Let's see by the end of this episode what we've decided on. Uh, we'll leave
1: everybody in suspense. Yeah, I said, no, let's do it. Do a twofer, yeah. Suspense,
0: done. We're doing a twofer. I'll edit this part out and we'll recreate suspense.
1: Uh, <laughs> we'll have lots of sound effects and all, all kinds of drama.
0: Yes, of course. We, we, we love bringing the drama. Yeah, I watched this movie in, in film studies in high school. It was kind of, we were going over film noir. It was, you know, when we had a double period, which was great because you could fit a movie in. Right. Usually those would be dreaded in school because you don't want to be in class too long, but...
1: It was usually like a science lab or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah. I, I don't want any part of this.
0: Now, film studies was like if you
1: had a substitute teacher every period. It was so good. <laughs> I don't think we had that in my high school. I don't I don't recall having any type of film classes whatsoever.
0: Yeah, our English teacher was – he did uh, movie reviews for the, the local paper, and I kind of think oh. he was able to Worked fit that, that in into there. the yeah. cu- curriculum. And, you know, we – it got us using like the computers and the equipment, you know, you were learning, we got to do music, like we had a music video assignment, and then we had a night where everyone showed the videos. Oh, that's cool. What video did I do, Dan, since you asked? I did uh, the Get Up Kids Central Standard Time from their split for, with the anniversary. I never would have guessed that in Also, you Dora. Yeah, what a shocker. <laughs> it's a great video, uh, maybe one day I'll digitize it.
1: I was gonna say, where, where can I see this? That was my next question. I,
0: there's a VHS copy that might have uh, deteriorated, like a print of this movie. But
1: I would love to, I would love to see someday.
0: that someday. Yeah, it was alright. That's a, that's a really great song. I'm a big fan of that song. It was fun to throw that song at everybody because
1: everyone was like, "What is this?"
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think I can't remember if I showed my video before or after my high school friend Amanda Paley. Shout out Amanda! I'm sure you're listening to this podcast
1: wherever you are.
0: She did, like, a Bane song, so, you know. Sick. I was okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is a little better. This is for the,
1: the kids, guys. The I'm trying to think of, like, kids. what song I would have done if, if I were in that position, like, at that time in high school. Like, Yeah, I, it was I, junior year, I think, so. Junior, it either would have probably been, like, a piebald song or, like, a super drag song or something.
0: There you go. <laughs> super that, drag would have been cool. That would yeah, been cool.
1: I feel like I probably would have picked super drag or something.
0: Nice. What song? What was your song?
1: Ooh. I was a big Regretfully Yours fan, the first record. So, I mean, I, like, I love all their stuff. But I think at the time, that was, like, the one. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, Destination Ursa Major, even though there was a video. Did it have to be one that didn't already have a video? Like, like were you basically making, like, a music video? I think you,
0: you could do an, a song. Yeah, you didn't have to, like, be like, all right, guys, do a deep cut. Um, you could do redo a song. Because okay. these he, a lot of, you know, this is middle of nowhere Connecticut. A lot of people, they're not that bright. They're not going to be able to. <laughs> Sire shit all over everybody But yeah You know the, Their tastes were mostly Pretty average to mainstream I think I mean Fager. that as polite And lovingly as possible
1: Yeah I think uh, You Fager. know A
0: lot of people Weren't blowing me away
1: Right Right um, And it wasn't
0: even Like a case of like You know There's that one kid Who like Showed me some band That I would love later on Like I can't even think of like You know Oh Someone did a pavement song Or something Right You know Like it was just like Nah, nah, nah. It,
1: was like, it was P.O.D. right
0: System of a down <laughs> Or you uh, know. that that one band
1: that went, wah! That's, uh, that's disturbed, right?
0: Oh, yes. yes. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Sorry to disturb you.
1: I'm feeling a little disturbed. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, it probably would have been something I forgot for yours, either like Phaser or Cynicality or or Destination or some Major, probably. This yeah. probably would have been like one of the ones I would have picked.
0: Nice. Yeah, so we watched this movie in film studies, mm-hmm. and I, I loved it right off the bat. It was, it was kind of when we were doing film noir and also Billy Wilder, because, you know, he's a... He's an important part of Hollywood. Sure, can't deny it. Even beyond, you know, the the two movies that we we've been talking about, this one and Double Indemnity. You know, he did like some like a hot Sabrina. You know, all these big ones. But he did Ace in the Hole and The Lost Weekend, or a couple other film noirs he's touched upon.
1: Oh yeah, Ace in the Hole. I forgot. I forgot about how good that one is. That's one we could yeah. probably get to later on too. That that's a great one.
0: Yes. All right. So we'll 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 hold off our double feature. No more suspense. We took it away. <laughs> but we'll we'll do like a double or a triple feature in the future. That would be cool. Yeah, in the 10s, in, in the teens.
1: We'll keep the suspense going.
0: The 10s is always like the worst. It doesn't sound good. That's why I like from like 2010 to 2019, we just had nothing. Nothing. It wasn't fun to say. But now we're in those roaring 20s.
1: The new roaring 20s.
0: I mean, I'm sure the 1820s roared. Yeah maybe tell us about it mr history major um 1820s what do you that, got
1: that era was not something that i was not recorded to
0: history it was, it was never recorded
1: history yeah the scrolls uh, were lost
0: in 1820
1: complete blind spot in history yeah. there's nothing happened and no one recorded it and we forgot it ever happened
0: it was the new roanoke right exactly they're just 1820s. are just written on a tree for us to stay away. And
1: it's nope, so it's so funny nope you brought that up back. because I am fascinated by that whole thing. That's not, that is something that I am it's very eerie, man. By. Yes. It's so spooky, and that should be a movie, like for sure. I could see like Terrence Malick making a movie like that or something. I mean, I guess that.
0: that was the New World. Was that what it was called?
1: That's what I was thinking about. I was like, it's yeah. kind of like that. I feel like I didn't. I never saw the New World, but that's uh, kind of what I pictured. It's good. You should check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I know it's probably really super long from what I remember. (laughs) Did you say Terrence Malick? Yes, I did.
0: Yeah, fucking of course it's long, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's what it is. It's like, I, I like Badlands What's his shortest, like
0: Badlands, you know, when he, before yes. he knew better? Yeah.
1: Probably. Well, that's why it's the best one. But I was going to say, I, I love Badlands. <laughs> so, so that's probably why. I mean, Thin, Thin Red Line's cool. And
0: uh, I mean. Badlands oh. will be on our Neo Noir podcast. Thin Red Line is great. I do remember my friend's dad taking me and uh, my friend when we were like 10 to see that wow. movie in the theater. And it was a bad choice. It's not.
1: Say I'm for this. kids,
0: and I don't mean violently, although that is true, but holy shit, was that the most boring movie experience of my life?
1: I was gonna say, as as in that age, I was like, I, I saw that when I was a little bit much older, so like I yes. had a different perspective on it. And I think I was, it was probably the best way to see it. Versus seeing it like that. Because like yeah, yes. if I thought that I'd be like, wow, this is like the most boring movie ever.
0: It's punishment for shoplifting in some countries.
1: <laughs> oh, I forgot um uh yeah. of Heaven's not super long. That that one's like kind of like, yeah. on the shorter side for him.
0: We'll we'll get to Badlands in our neo-noir podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a great one. Great movie. Watch great. it. Spoil it for yourself and go watch it. I but Sunset that. Boulevard is so good. Um, It's cool because it's just such a, I don't want to say scathing, but just like a very it's interesting very and honest, yeah, meta take on Hollywood. Uh, even the poster, it says a Hollywood story. That it was. And there's all sorts of, you know, cameos by silent film stars. You got Cecil B. DeMille. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. uh, Yeah. And that was another big reason why we had watched it because it was like, we had just gone over the silent era as well. And it was, it's a good segue.
1: Right. And Gloria Swanson, you know, in real life was a a silent movie actress. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, kind of, it, it is really meta in the sense that like, even though her life kind of took a little bit of a different trajectory and it was more for like a willfully, you know, change in line of work, I feel like it probably really resonated with her to a, to a certain extent through the, the, the character that she plays.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, when she says that she built Paramount, like that they say that is actually true. Like, right. That's a meta moment.
1: Right. For sure.
0: So it opens with a very iconic scene. Mm. You have Joe Gillis played by William Holden floating dead face down in the swimming pool.
1: Great camera shots in that, in that scene. I loved it. Incredible. Hold on, I have a fun fact about that. It was an actual pool. That was the fun fact, right? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Billy Wilder, he, he insisted that you have to see Joe Gillis from the bottom of the pool, but it was a very hard effect to create. So the camera was placed inside a specially constructed box and lowered underwater, but the result disappointed Wilder. So he, they kept trying and eventually was finally achieved by placing a mirror on the bottom of the pool and filming Holden's reflection from above. Uh, so the distorted image of the policemen standing around and forming the backdrop.
1: It's amazing that it looked that cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks, it looks fantastic.
0: Phenomenal. I mean, you could just really, the whole time you're watching this movie see how it just blew everyone away. It's, it's very watchable now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like one of those where you kind of have to be like, all right, it's an older movie. Let's do it. It just, it's perfect. It's a rock solid script. It just goes. Billy Wilder is just a great director. Great cinematography, same cinematographer as Double Indemnity as well, and this is another interesting one where there's a lot of daytime out of the shadows stuff. So very similar. Yeah, they, they definitely play with with you know noir and and kind of yeah. bend it at its will, but it's great. So Joe oh. Gillis dead. Uh, you got the voiceover
1: and from uh, beyond these, the grave.
0: <laughs> from beyond the grave. One that one of my favorite tropes. Uh, and he's gonna he's gonna spin us a yarn and tell him I mean I double identity is similar as well yeah. I mean he's about to go to the grave, but right we he's get on to the, walk he's back. on the,
1: the doorstep of the of the grave
0: I like that because it gives your voice over a purpose, you know
1: right, and no, I agree
0: so we go back six months um so Joe gotta keep it meta right off the bat. he's a screenwriter, mm-hmm. and uh he's not doing so well this there's a script reader, Betty Schaefer, who will mm-hmm. be coming into play throughout the entire movie. she's kind of like yeah, your, your script sucks. Oh, you're right there. I didn't see you. <laughs> but, your, but your script sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so it doesn't look good for that. And he's also getting his car repossessed. There's a bunch of repo men, old timey repo men, which man, what a tough gig that must've been back then.
1: Having to wear a suit, <laughs> like a full suit like that to repo but I mean, cars. just like
0: finding these cars. I, mean, yeah. I know now they just like, you know, put like tracking devices and like GPS in there. So they don't even have to talk to anybody anymore, but. I mean, they're so lucky that they even found the car. Tree hides. It. We'll get to that. But yeah, right. Like, what a what a tough gig. But you know, maybe it paid well.
1: But he loved he loved his jalopy. He didn't. He didn't want them to take it. You know. He did.
0: This is where you get the jalopy.
2: <laughs> the idea was to get to Artie Green's and stay there until I could make that bus for Ohio. Once back in Dayton, I dropped the credit boys a picture postcard telling them where to pick up the jalopy. I would love to see
0: like Emilio Estevez play this kind of repo man like a prequel
2: exactly like i i
1: mean every time i think of any type of repo man or repo person like i think of uh uh, that the original repossession man the repossession man yeah i mean repo man's one of my all-time favorite movies so i do you take uh, harry
0: dean stanton on there and i would love to watch that movie
1: he's like top top three favorite actors like for me i I love harry dean stanton so anything he's in i mean he's in a million movies but do you
0: think he'll be in anything that'll qualify in our 1965 era it's possible. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's tough because I don't know if he made many noir, in, really, in general. Like even Neo, yeah. right? Can you think of anything he popped up in? It,
1: in well, I Not mean, so there's something obvious. Well, I guess if you could argue that Wild at Heart, the the Lynch movie, is a little bit film noirish, sure. and he's in that, I mean, okay. you could we could we could argue that. I think okay. uh, that's just off the top of my head, but I could think. That's about all you, I'm yeah. asking for. Yeah, yeah. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll get back to you. Check our uh, social media. So yeah, he's he tries to to hide from these repossession men he, he fools him he does fool him but he catches a flat and that flat leads him to the driveway of a pretty run down mansion
1: great mansion i love all of the like the the shots that they have of like there's like a tennis court everything's kind of like overgrown yeah there's they like show a, the pool, pool which is which yeah. is empty at this point right. uh, yeah no it's great stuff um the land that time forgot, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So yeah, it's on Sunset Boulevard, which was a, is a very real place. Basically all the studios, people that were working there, they all just kind of bought property. Then they made so much money that they were able to just build these crazy houses along there. Yeah. Including this one, which, you know, I think at this point we all think of when you think of the... The Boulevard, the bully.
1: Yep, the old, the old bully. The
0: old right. bully. So he he parks his car. It just hides it in this mansion, thinking he's okay. But then uh, you get Max, the butler.
1: He's a real life was director. Played by right? another
0: real life director of the silent era, Eric von Stroheim, mm-hmm. Uh and he does a great job. I know he was in when he was asked about the role. He's kind of a little dismissive about it. Just called like, oh, the butler role.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's great in it.
0: But he's great. He he does every you know he he gives you everything you need. I mean, everyone in this movie is so good. There's no one, no one is wasted at this point. Oh, and uh I believe at this point Joe is burped, and I made a note. Is this the first burp in war?
1: He burps.
0: He burps at one point. Does he? Yes.
1: I don't even remember that. I watched it last night too.
0: Yeah. I wish I put a little more context of why he was burping. But I'll there's a say burp. It. There's a burp in this movie, and I think it's the first burp of noir. So put that on the list. Uh,
1: Miles, milestones in noir.
0: Yes, absolutely. So we have a sound up, clip for that. <laughs> you, you want me to throw in the burp, All right? Here's the burp, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. What a, what a burp! Ooh, I can smell it from here. Wow. <laughs> but as they're going up the stairs, because uh, with Max, he, he goes. You need any help with the coffin? call me. Which is a very spooky thing yes. to hear when you're in this creepy mansion. But this coffin is for a monkey.
1: I wish I could have got a little bit more backstory on 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 the monkey. And, no way. It was and...
0: just enough man. it was sprinkled in there. Uh, there's a monkey funeral. We'll get to that. But so then he he he's in there and he we meet Norma Desmond Gloria Played Swanson
1: Gloria Swanson, which is I mean obviously expertly. The, yeah, I mean, the best acting in the movie by far. I mean, it was just, you know, The
0: delivery, yes. the, the the visual acting, just like her looks, her mouth her face, is very yeah. rarely closed. Yeah, her face. Oh my God, I mean, it's on the poster. Those eyebrows, just how, how she carries herself. Truly phenomenal. So we meet her and it, it's shocking, but yeah, he recognizes her. She was huge in silent film pictures is what they're playing. There's all these pictures around, which is all of her real actual uh, promo right. shots headshots yeah, yeah. and uh I like, he used to be big and she says that
2: uh, i am big it's the pictures that got small
0: and she's totally still living in the past she's not living in reality she's just right. kind of lost to time in this mansion that's tucked away and and the she's hills still of Hollywood. She's, she's getting still get, she's still getting fan letters though and uh they're they're all waiting for she's working on this script so she's very happy to hear that Joe is a writer uh, it's all she has all these handwritten notes so many of them just crazy person scrawls mm-hmm. and she wants to play herself and for her return to the the, the big silver screen mm-hmm. and um Joe's like this is a this is a piece of shit the script but you know I'll uh
1: Spends the entire day reading it. I mean, through through the montage, basically, of just him sitting there. He recognizes there. an
0: opportunity. That he's yeah. down on his luck. He's just trying to get $300, I believe, to, to kind of get back on track, but he cannot get it. So th- this is a good opportunity for him. He's he's pulled himself into the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think he says he wants. He he gets at least five hundred a week anyway, or something like that. Uh, even yeah. He, he only needs three hundred to get his car out of out of repossession, but uh, yeah, I think he he already says more than that to begin with. And then she says, "Oh, you're going to be, you know, don't worry about it. You know, you'll you'll be, you know, well compensated for the the work that you do."
0: As she smokes from her cigarette, that's on her fa- like uh, the a little, finger holder.
1: Yeah. It's
0: so cool. Yeah, and she's just using that the whole time. Max gets his stuff, basically, and just moves him into the place above the garage, I believe.
1: Yeah, he ends up saying, like, she kind of persuades him to stay, stay there for a bit, yes. and, and to work because she doesn't want him to leave. Because uh, he originally was like, odds oh, late, like, I'm, I'm getting out of here, and she's like, where are you know where are you going? Like, I mean, obviously, he has a flat tire too, but she does really want him to stay.
0: Yeah, and like I said, op- opportunity knocks. Why not?
1: Right. He kind of just gives in and says, all right. He does I got a room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a room.
0: Don't mind if I do. It's kinda of like if you were um watching like if it was like Laura from Vincent Price's perspective, you know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. He was, a,
0: he, about was that kept, way. he was a kept man. He was our most recent kept man that we've watched, so Yeah. Shout out to Vincent Price Estate. How you guys doing? <laughs> Can't wait for the uh the re release of um what are you waiting? What do we what do we want a blue of from the Price Estate?
1: I don't even know. I feel like a lot of them have already made it there, so I'm sure we're four, missing something. 4K, time to upgrade, guys. What's taking so long? Yeah, exactly. Get within now. <laughs> you, you need the most high def.
0: <laughs> so he moves in, and uh, he, he learns that Max has been writing those fan letters. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about Norma. Nobody's right. asking about her. And th- th- this was an interesting contrast because you know while it, this shows sort of Norma Desmond that's down on her luck. Gloria Swanson, you know, she, she was okay with that. Things had winded down for her. She moved to New York and she kind of did a little radio and later television. Mm-hmm but she was, you know, happy to take the role. Uh, she didn't like that they asked her to do screen tests, but she was persuaded because of the quality of the material to
1: right. give it a shot. But she didn't really go on to do a lot more roles after this, like as far as like, you know, thinking if this would really kind of change the trajectory again of her career, it seems like she didn't really. I think she
0: needed to. It was kind of yeah. just, a, I think it was a fun little one-off. Uh, the closest thing I could compare it to, to like modern times, I was thinking of like Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, you know, remember when that, hmm. that was I didn't happening? see The Wrestler. Oh really? No, that's
1: a good I didn't time. see it. Yeah.
0: Are you an Aronofsky fan? Mm.
1: Yeah. So so so. Pi. Didn't see Pi. Oh. I think the only one I could think of is like Black Swan, which was which is okay. Um yeah. I'm trying to think of what else he did. A Requiem for a Dream. didn't, didn't see that either. So uh, I guess what I guess was the, that one with Hugh Jackman. Ah. The- uh, were oh, like... X Men.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you see Darren Aronofsky's X Men?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Joe Dorowski's Dune, right? <laughs> yeah, he
0: was actually going to do Batman at one point.
1: Oh, was he? So there you go. Hmm, that would have been interesting
0: before Nolan came in.
1: I mean, I do like I do like Christopher Nolan, and I like his work. So I guess I guess it all worked out.
0: I think they're about the same, personally.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think Interstellar was good.
0: I guess I probably like more from Nolan than I do.
1: Yeah.
0: Aronofsky. But I mean, I think they're both interesting enough. Yeah, that's fair. Still waiting for their hit. But The Wrestler was, was an interesting time. And Mickey Rourke was, was phenomenal. But yeah, that, that was the closest thing I could think of where it would make, or like, I guess maybe Travolta and Pulp Fiction. Mm hmm.
1: Can't stand but, that movie. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, have, I guess I should say that I'm not a Quentin Tar- Tarantino fan at all.
0: I don't mind him, uh, but most of the newer like, I love Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Do you like Jackie Brown?
1: I have not seen that one.
0: I think you would like Jackie Brown. It's a little more Elmore Leonard than it is Quentin Tarantino. Okay. It just kind of, its the most like plot-driven, and it's a, a good, good crime movie. Robert Forster, phenomenal. Do you like Robert
1: Forster. I—I didn't, yeah. truth be told, I didn't see Pulp Fiction until maybe like a couple of years ago. Like
0: I—I I, oh I, yeah, and
1: it's at its most
0: annoying now. I, it definitely yeah. was
1: a time and a place thing, and it's right. It's like Seinfeld almost,
0: where I've just seen it too much, and it's just like it's hard to for me to recognize the the good in it anymore. Interesting, but I, there's some there's some good stuff. I hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though.
1: I didn't even i I, what I a I, vile
0: I'm, vile movie that was.
1: Part of what I, I I love that era in history and time, and I was for that part alone, I was interested in seeing it. But knowing that he directed it and just kind of seeing the the early glimpses of what i saw is like there's no way i can i can sit through this movie like i know no, this I'm not is not like who
0: you trust with the nuance of that that area right, era.
1: right. exactly i was like i was like i know i'm going to hate this and for me it's always like uh i know he he might be like a some people either love him or hate him but like i'm a huge sam peckinpah fan and i feel like most of what quentin Tarantino does is just try to grift from him like he basically just tries to be like him like sam peckinpah and just doesn't as far as like maybe shock value or violence or or you know things like that and just i don't think he achieves it in, in a as artistic of a way and like where it's enjoyable like I, I just like i said i mean i might be biased because i love faggot ball and i don't like tarantino but i get that sense from him i get that sense that you know he tends to get a lot of his ideas from from him do you think his uh his bunch needs to be wilder it could be a little bit more bailey wilder I saw that coming. I saw that. I comment. actually,
0: no, you, I had, that was not my intention until I said Wilder and then it really? happened. Yeah. So we great, kinda, great minds. Yes. Great minds. Yes, yeah. exactly. Sorry. See, I see get folks, to it we sooner. always tie it together somehow. Exactly. We are a, a fine gala. Bring your black tie. Um, <laughs> but the, so those are kind of movies that, you know, people had been away and, and made a comeback. But this is so different because it, it's such a, a time and a place but coming from the silent era to the quote-unquote talkies you know that that's right. such a it, it really ruined some people that had huge careers i mean some people could not adapt
1: i feel like so, charlie Chaplin, you could probably argue did to a to a, a, an extent like i feel like he did have a, for a good for a bit yeah, yeah.
0: um and, and i don't know how much of his downfall quote-unquote i mean i don't know if you could even call it that I, I don't know too much about his history but yeah, I mean, he was kind of really the only one who was able to, to make a couple after the fact and successfully adapt. So it, it was yeah. interesting to think about it in that lens. of, And it, they said it was only like a 20 years ago that she had really been a star of the screen. So right, that doesn't seem like a lot of time when you think about it. But yeah, just how, because of how fast things were moving, the technology, right. it, it just... Is very, very crazy to think about
1: that. It, no, it changed so much. I mean, between, you know, you know, talking about a film that, you know, she potentially could have made in the, in the late 1920s to, you know, it's 1950 and, and this movie's coming out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, pretty leaps and bounds, I think, of difference, you know, what yeah. what they were doing and decades were so,
0: yeah. I mean, really, the whole 20th century, every decade was so distinctive and everything was yeah. moving so fast. Whereas I feel like now, sure, there's still a bit of that, but it, it's mostly the same, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like... All of the 2000s, we've been stuck in a rut.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry about that, Dan.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll, get, us out of it. As,
0: I'll get us out as best I can. <laughs> so, But yeah, so Norma Desmond, uh, she's stuck in this apartment, but she's got Joe now. He's, he's right, working on the script as a script doctor. He's living in there. Um, Norma, you know, Max has kind of explained that she's, she's a bit fragile. She's attempted suicide before. Mm. She's had three husbands.
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: One of them will later find out was Max.
1: Yes, that What'd was that, that was a revelation. What do you
0: think of that revelation? I, I I knew that was coming, so it was hard for I mean it's still like whoa, but yeah, I would love to hear it from your perspective.
1: I didn't understand I, I mean I got why like what he said, but I, I don't believe the you know, how he comes from being like this really sought after director, like and and I think they said like he even spoke himself in, in the same class as like D.W. Griffith and all these other, you know, famous directors from the silent era. And yeah. then he's like, and I'm one of the top three. And now I'm I'm her butler. And oh yeah, by the way, I used to be married to her. Like just the idea of of him directing her and like kind of saying like he kind of almost discovered her and but being he married. To he her. said he discovered
0: her. He kind right. of felt responsible for her. So I think that's why he stuck around. Right. So even though you know he loved her and was happy to get married, but that love had faded,
1: her for him. So he still decided to stick by her versus maybe saying go, you know, back to directing or doing something else. I just exactly he chose
0: her over you know a fucking normal life.
1: Right. i gonna say yeah, it's very Uh, very different.
0: Which speaks to him. Um, I believe he's an Australian man. I don't know. Or Austrian, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Maybe I misread that, but. He's yeah. Austrian, yes. Austrian. Austrian. Nope, I apologize to the Aussies, the, the great outback, and Austria. I'm sorry to you guys as well. <laughs> yes, have,
1: apologize to both.
0: I have a lot of apologies to make to many different countries, but we'll start with you guys right now. Yes. So sorry, uh, really just for the whole podcast. Uh,
1: on behalf of the podcast.
0: On behalf of the podcasting medium, we're, we're sorry. We, we did you wrong. We did you dirty. Never again. Never again. But yeah, he's just kind of very, his just the way he carried himself and his personality kind of spoke to him of like why he would stick around and put himself in this butler kind of cuckolded uh, position, you know? Yeah. He has to watch this woman he loves with other husbands and then this guy's bringing in. But yeah, he just wants what's best guy. for her. It's a fascinating love. Very complex.
1: Right. And you don't really get a sense of a closeness necessarily. Like you get the idea of him being like, the butler but you, you don't really get a sense of that throughout the film up until that revelation which is you know pretty later on in the movie like i don't really get that sense that there was really that closeness i mean you get a sense that he's working for her but you don't really see like any previous relationship or any like real like maybe like an emotional level let's say uh i didn't really get a sense of that oh, i mean think... it kind of
0: speaks to where we are 20 years down the line where yeah. it's he just really does think of him as a butler and treats him as a butler but you know also relies on him to Keep it together. Keep her whole life together. I think we're really start the being... monkey funeral. The right. monkey funeral, which is so good and uh, so Another bizarre, um, yeah. as it's sp- supposed to be. I mean, I was very glad to to hear, you know, that everyone at the time was even like, "Fucking monkey funeral." Man, why I, not? I think I have a fun monkey funeral fact, I told that. Uh, when crew members asked Billy Wilder how he was going to shoot the burial of Norma's monkey, one of the film's most bizarre scenes, <laughs> I agree with that. He just said, you know, the usual monkey funeral sequence. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know,
0: He's obviously, obviously
1: everyone's done that in a movie.
0: <laughs> Second monkey in noir. Uh, we did see one in the, the lady from Shanghai. So yeah. what, what a great trope. More, more monkeys in noir. We get to start that letterboxed uh, list now.
1: Jalopies and monkeys. They're, 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 <laughs> these, these are the lists that we're, we're creating. Oh yeah, oh. and diners and diners, no and diners, uh, no diners, but a pharmacy in this movie.
0: Yes, counter like service. A, I know, I almost, I, I made another where it was like a pharmacy that was kind of dinery, like yeah. you could get a burger there, which is was weird.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, back then, I mean, the, you know, this the whole soda fountain kind of, you know, that. Hey, kind
0: you of. soda jerk.
1: Yeah, exactly. Get me a a coke it, and a burger.
0: What was that like egg drink they loved? Oh, egg cream. Egg cream, yeah. You I tried one, one of those ones.
1: I okay, did. Here we go. Well, I think, it, all right. So I guess a little quick backstory on that is I always wanted to try one and I saw a menu at a diner, had one. And at the time I, I didn't want to eat a full meal. So I was just like, oh, like I was, I would be able to like, oh yeah, it let sounds me get this filling, right? Yeah. Right. I was like, oh. Egg let me get, and cream. Right. I'm like, let me try this. So I, 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 I requested it to the waitress and she gave me this look like she had no idea what I was talking about whatsoever. Like she was like, I don't know what that is. And and so could that, that be she,
0: instructions and blow the dust off of it right and that's
1: and that's what scared me I doubled down and said and I explained it to her I want my goddamn egg cream well not even that I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily demanding I, I just I explained to her what it was and she went oh okay I didn't know we had that I'll make it and it was awful so I think yeah. it was it could have just been a, a I kind of chalk it up to the fact that she simply just had no idea what it was or how to make it so I, I'm not necessarily blaming her but I, I think it was Probably misguided on my part. It, once the point when she said she had no idea what it was, I probably should have just walked away you from it. You should have bailed out. Yeah, yeah I should have I bailed on it. I, I was committed to getting it. I really wanted it. I had it in my head. And, you know, someone else can prove me wrong. Maybe I can get egg cream somewhere else that they to well, do I was going to gonna say,
0: what, maybe when things wind down, we should do an egg cream
1: review. Maybe we can do that together. Maybe we can get egg cream I've never together. had one.
0: So yeah, I would, lo- I would yeah.
1: love to. It was not very good. I mean, it sounds good in theory, but it was, I mean, the execution of it in this case was not good. I mean, I'm thinking like an eggnog yeah, it, it's like ice cream with, like, seltzer water and, like, a bunch Ugh. of other stuff in it. Seltzer it, water. Maybe it's not supposed to have seltzer water and that's where it went wrong. Let me see. Now that we're on the subject. Maybe we should it, be
0: making our own egg creams.
1: An egg cream is a cold beverage consisting of milk, carbonated water, and flavored syrup, typically chocolate or vanilla. Despite the name, the drink contains n- neither eggs nor cream. That's it's supposed to at a fountain drink. So, yeah, it's kind of like a chocolate shake, but it's carbonated. Huh. So it's like a kind of like a so ice cream soda ish. you can't just get a can of that if you know from Seven Eleven. Right. I mean, one would think. Um, but like I said, in theory, I'm like, okay, yeah, it sounds it sounds good. Like, give me a you know chocolate egg cream. Like, yeah. Yeah,
0: we should start that uh, like a can of egg cream business. You know,
1: canned egg cream. Yeah, yeah, you know, like how they have like the breweries now, like all those micro breweries and whatnot making their own brand. I mean, we could just we got
0: our micro uh, creamery. Egg creamery. Yes that's true there's I'm, I'm a down. lot of possible creams that we maybe
1: have, we maybe follow. better yet i have an idea T- tie it in with film noir so everything is relative and the flavors are relative different film film noir tropes or movies or characters and that's part of and then we'll we'll have it branded together in conjunction with the podcast double egg damnity <laughs> hold the presses that is absolutely <laughs> perfect as i could not have come up with one i was struggling
0: the whole time man i'm like what do i what, what do i do
1: yeah, I'm I I I I love everything about this, and and, <laughs> and I I think we need to do this. All right,
0: I think even if we just like come up with a recipe, put it online, and go double, you know, we'll, something's
1: coming. Some something to make at home while you're watching the film noir, you know.
0: I wish I was sipping on one while I put this one on. Maybe next week.
1: We'll have to get there. I'll have to get some ingredients. So I'll, I don't think think I have any of those ingredients at, at the house currently. So next week
0: it'll be destination egg cream. <laughs> This will be funnier at the end of the episode. At this point, Norma Desmond, she's buying a ton of stuff for Joe. You know, he's got a nice cigarette case. He's got good suits with the the shoulders that kind of have that little fifties curl. You know,
1: he high a nice society. Yeah, he has that nice jacket. That the uh, I love. I love it when the uh, the salesman you know tries to upsell him and says, "Look, if the lady's buying it, you know."
0: <laughs> love that. That was so good. Yeah, like
1: like in the way it's shot, where like the two heads are kind of like. Together in the frame, uh, and like in like the Kai, the the salesman kind of like leans in, and I don't know. It's just it was funny because he said what
2: I was thinking. Here's some camel's hair, but I'd like you just to feel this. It's vicuna. Of course, it's a little more expensive. The camel's hair will do. Well, as long as the lady's paying for it, why not take the vicuna?
1: I would like to say that throughout this film, especially early on, there is really great wit. There's a lot of like. The movie is very funny. Yeah, like it's a funny movie. Yes, yeah. for sure.
0: And it's interesting because, like, I think the one—it's subtle. It's very g- a gentle comedy. You know, it's not right. a laugh out loud, but it, it is. It's
1: quick. So, yeah. like, nice little quips, yeah, exactly. especially from like you know when he's talking to the guy when he's trying to pitch the movie and stuff like that. He had some great quips about you know Gone with the Wind and some other stuff. But uh, I think the one thing that really strikes me about this movie is that it almost felt like a horror movie, like First Way Out. Like, like I think even, even more so than like a film noir. I mean, like obviously, like. There's aspects that I was thinking about that was film noir, but just the, the location of her house, like how just it, it, not decrepit, but just how like in disrepair and how overgrown everything was. And you're kind of like wading through this mystery of where is this going to go? Like, yeah, how does this to- guy end up right. in the, yeah. And everything's very creepy and just, I don't know, for me, like very on creepy. this first watch, it just felt like very horror movie-ish. And now I thought that was very interesting.
0: No, I mean, yeah, it, the whole time you're experiencing that weird, weird house in the beginning, you were very terrified. There's one point where, like, Max is playing the organ and he's, like, scoring right. his own conversation. I mean, like, it's, it's just biz- very bizarre. And and uh, Norma Desmond the whole time, just how she is, like, you could just picture it just like some weird old lady just she's making these faces and she's going off on these tangents. And Yeah, yeah. they're watching her movies. Um, yes. One of which was an unreleased silent film that um the butler i'm spacing on his name he had actually directed
1: oh really yeah i did not know that well his name is max von Merling in the movie yeah eric von stromheim and gloria swanson
0: had like walked off the set of it so he just kind of they had some footage that oh wow yes i I thought i was like oh just one of the her films but it was nice that they had like a, a deep cut in there
1: very 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 meta all the way through the the screen where you had to lift up the painting
0: that was really cool that's great yeah it's nice to see like the the crazy shit they were able to pull off in those mansions back then what I they could it, conceive and pull off
1: I think for me like the, I mean obviously we have the um you know he's giving the the narration voiceover but you, like you kind of wonder like he's really in the grasp of of Norma's like of her character, like it, it, like you kind of get see like he he's not like willingly there, but he, he kind of is, but he kind of isn't. Like he he's he's only invested to a point. Like he gets into these kind of like it almost feels like a relationship between them, but he mm-hmm. doesn't really feel invested into it. He's looking at it more as like a like a work relationship. But you can see that she tends to get closer and closer to him, and it kind of comes to a head. You know, at the point where we get to the New Year's party, we yes. really start to see. You know her real feelings for Gillis. Yes, which he kind of even says
0: by that point. He you know he like he didn't really think of anything of it until the New Year's party, which she throws. Uh, there's there's a band, ton of food, but it's only them. Basically, the two the of party. them. There's two like of a them, band.
1: Yeah. There's Max Max
0: in the corner eating a sandwich or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. great oh. great floors. Great floors. Yeah, Valentino uh-huh. danced on it at one point. Apparently,
0: <laughs> yes, he did. Damn right. Uh, it's very very
1: cool scene.
0: And she confesses her feelings. Cut out that us business.
2: What's the matter with you? What right do you have to take me for granted? What right? You want me to tell you? Has it ever occurred to you that I may have a life of my own? That there there may be some girl that I'm crazy about? Who? Some car hop or dress extra? What I'm trying to say is that I'm all wrong for you. You want a Valentino? somebody with polo ponies a big shot what you're trying to say is you don't want me to love you say it say it
0: and he he walks out he walks out and then she runs up the stairs and uh he's it's the pouring rain right was that the new year's party yes it was yes yeah. it was
1: because he goes to the other party yeah
0: he goes to the party he has the coat and it looks like oh man he's soaked and he comes into the party he's, he's that coat really absorbed it because they even go like, "Wow, nice coat," and not like, "Oh, you ruined your fucking coat."
1: Yeah. So,
0: hey, I forgot what the material was, but
1: yeah, I can't, we need I can't to invest remember.
0: in that. I don't know why we're still not. It's
1: like Gore Tex, but I think a lot of it was he didn't also didn't want to expose this lavish lifestyle that he was living with, like that new tuxedo with you know all of the drapings and stuff like that. Because like all of his friends at this other party he went to that knew him, like that other screenwriter, I guess he was an assistant director who was played by Jack Webb from uh dragnet fame already green yep and he was dating um his soon-to-be fiance betty uh schaefer's character the one that had uh, kind of cut up gillis earlier in the movie i think he was really trying to cloak or mask the fact that he had this other, he was living this lifestyle now from where he was where he couldn't even he couldn't even afford his car to now he's got these nice suits he's got all these you know nice trinkets that he that he's been given um
0: and i just want to kind of slow things down a second and just sure. say a couple things one uh Montgomery Clift was actually signed on to play Joe Gillis for $5,000 per week. And just before the start of filming, he withdrew from the project. And uh, it seemed like he actually was going through a similar situation where he was with a much older woman and he didn't didn't want to invite the comparison. So
1: that was a bit of a mistake, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure he probably would like to have that back. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, especially tabloids back then. I mean, everything was so engaged in that at the time. So I feel like, you know, if something did come out like that, I'm sure it would have definitely giving him some concern for sure. And he
0: also claimed like he kind of had already done this sort of role in the Harris from a year earlier. And he felt that he had been unconvincing, but an infuriated Billy Wilder responded, if he's any kind of actor, he could be convincing making love to any woman.
1: (laughs) Wow. Billy Wilde def- definitely seemed like a character for sure. He seemed
0: like a good time. Right? And uh, yeah. he also like, it seemed like if he had uh, gotten to like a spit with someone or kind of had a disagreement, stop being friends because um, his producer, they stopped working together after this movie. Oh, really? he, he was very kept to himself. Like he didn't want to air his dirty laundry, which is, that's uh-huh. a classic guy. Cause back then everybody loved getting dirty. And we also passed the, the, the bridge plane scene, I believe. I think, uh-huh. yeah, we must've. They, they show a, a scene where every, uh, there's, Norma Desmond and three other people playing bridge and you have Buster Keaton, Anna Q Nilsson and HB Warner.
1: Yes. Is and they're all playing that, yeah.
0: themselves actually. And yeah, it's just a bunch of the old gang getting together. Very great that it was Buster Keaton. Cause you know, if you're a Keaton versus Chaplin kind of person, like I think a lot of people are, I, I, that's where I side is with, with Keaton.
1: Yeah, nice nice little uh, again. Not, more more of the magic. Chaplin gets a
0: shout yeah. out too though when she dresses up like the uh, the little tramp.
1: That's true. That's very uh, true. That was does a later good on time. In the movie.
0: Yes. And she does a great job. I wonder if she had ever kind of pulled that move. It was private. really good. I, I like, It was really good. Really good like that might have been in her pocket over the years. Yeah. Uh yes, I, I like that. But I just wanted to point that out cuz that's that's a pretty the meta-ness in this is very fascinating. I mean, you have, we'll get to Cecil B. DeMille, who plays himself. Yes. Um,
1: and it was actually, he was filming a movie that he was really making. An real. actual movie, yeah. So, yeah, so it was actually, you know, the real movie that was going on, you know, that he was filming at the time.
0: And also called her Young Fella, I believe it was. Or Little yes. Fella. And that's yeah, something he actually used to call her. Yes, there you
1: go. The most meta movie.
0: That's what I wanted to slow down. We we passed a couple and now I'm already moving ahead a little bit too. That's how mm-hmm. a pro does it. But Yep. we're back to the New Year's uh New Year's. Uh he heads to the party, Artie Green's party, his friend. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's meets uh, his his girlfriend was Betty Schaefer. Mm-hmm. I like I like Betty Schaefer. Uh, I thought she did a great job in this.
1: I do too. I think she was really cool.
0: Oh, I uh, also sorry, uh, the they refer to the like all the old timers as waxworks.
1: Yes, that was that, really good. I do. That was, was a good like, touch. I didn't. Yes. I,
0: I kept remembering and, and try, trying to sprinkle this in, and it's coming here. This is where you get the salt and pepper. That was really cool. But yeah, um, as a practical joke during the scene where William Holden and Nancy Olson, who played Betty, kissed for the first time, Billy Wilder let them carry on for minutes without yelling "cut." After <laughs> he already got the shot he needed for the first take, and eventually it was actually uh, Holden's wife who happened to yell "cut." She was on the set that day.
1: That's a good yeah, test. she had enough. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right, cut it out.
0: I can understand why that—that Betty's a babe. Yeah, you gotta watch out. And well, also, also, I
1: was also. just gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say that she. So they started kind of like he, he was very, I think, hesitant or reluctant to kind of collaborate with her because she kept trying to get him to, you know, over over the you know the course of the film. At this point, she was trying to get him to to start. Kind of unearthing parts of previous scripts because she was an aspiring scriptwriter. Yeah, like was it even
0: like a poem or something they had worked off of, like this initial idea? Yeah, it was something of a was, teacher, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a
1: very small fragment, and she, I think, she kind of took it and ran with it uh, yeah. a, a little bit more. And they were kind of st- at that point started started to kind of go through it. And they had a nice little like back and, and forth. chemistry, good. Yeah, they like, very nice flirty. Yeah,
0: and it's a very interesting contrast. You know, you get this younger woman uh, compared to Norma Desmond. Yeah how she does things which is drastically different
1: right because i mean we learned because he he makes that phone call and
0: old women have leopard print young women do not right i suppose i suppose at least at that time i feel like that may have switched at one point they got in her car like they have leopard print seats uh, yeah that car was wild man that car was so wild um you see it initially like when he parks his uh flat tire car his jalopy next to that the jalopy, jalopy. And thank they, you they get it off the uh the the concrete blocks and, and it's it's running nice i
1: don't even know what you would call a car from that era it's it it, it was it's like pre-jalopy yeah I, I, I don't even know what they had uh, a phone where you could
0: call the driver
1: Awesome technology.
0: Which I didn't put together at first because they said car phone. I'm like, how the hell did you get a car phone there? But then I'm like, oh duh Oh, or like, cell phone. Dude. Yeah, you know, it's a car cell phones. <laughs> Thinking way too far ahead from the future. Yeah. But yeah, it, it seems like Betty and, and and Joe, they're they're flirty the whole time. And a lot of times it's just right in front of Artie. And it's just it's like easy that
1: guy. It's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely like it's palpable. I mean I feel like, like he, if I he, saw that, I'd
0: be like, we're not hanging out with Joe anymore. Like I don't <laughs> care how good a writer he is
1: i mean and and he's joe friday i mean you think he's not gonna know like 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 intuitively like as as you know inherently in in a joe friday detective mindset that maybe something could be going on between them i don't know
0: did you sleep with him just the facts
1: just the facts exactly i'm sure that's what his thought process was like i should hope so
0: but he calls to have max send his things over because he's like all right i'm gonna crash on Artie's couch and Right. Back to the Hollywood life uh, Everyone sees him like "Wait, hey, where you been Yeah They're glad to see him It seemed like it was a good move To kind of disappear For a little bit I think everyone was Kind of sick of him Mooching money from him And probably Gotta let him miss it You know
1: Yeah it kind of it kind of You know Give you this idea That he was a little bit of like You knew everybody and Everyone was cool with him For the most part But he seemed like A little bit of a hack As far as like His, his writing I mean that was at least the, the way they tried to portray him I think Yeah overall.
0: and it, but also He seemed like he was He was trying to be a hack So he could just survive Like he was right. done, done being an artist and, and right. more than happy to just kind of give Hollywood what they want. Right. So he calls Max to have him send over his things, but Max is like, yeah, Norma cut her wrist with the razor you left behind. So he races back. Yes. Also, when he gets back and starts to go up the stairs, Max says, Be
2: Careful, don't race upstairs. You musicians mustn't know what happened.
0: We don't want the musicians to know. Oof. From the party, which yes. is a, a great line, very spookily delivered because of who he is and where yes. we are—the cavernous mansion. Uh, so I love that, but you um, know, it seemed to work. Yeah, successful. I mean, not the suicide attempt, but at least the uh, attempt at guilting Joe back over. Yeah, he's back, that's, and he's—that's a win for Norma. Way to go, good yeah. move, ladies. Give it a shot, men nah. too. You know, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't condone that. <laughs>
0: this is it. Uh, you don't think this works for our relationship advice?
1: No, I would okay. not. I would not say that. All
0: right. No, no suicide, guys. So she heads back and Max is going to deliver the script that they've been working on to Cecil B. DeMille at Paramount. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paramount was actually very on board for them being used in the movie because, you know, it's nothing too bad. It's not very anti-Paramount.
1: No, I I think, I think that it does kind of actually shine a really good light on it i, I think yeah. it, 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 in, in a way like it's just it, you know it's really like almost a behind the scenes look again in, in the meta idea of just being involved and and I, I love when uh even before they get there i love when uh gillis wants it you know he keeps getting these phone calls coming in saying it's from paramount and she thinks it's a, a assistant of uh, de And he's like oh you can't even bother he was like well just hang up on him and you know he'll keep calling blah, blah blah and then they finally kind of what oh, was that assistant's name ah uh, gordon cole was gordon it? cole yes and what from is twin gordon peaks? cole
0: from from twin peaks david lynch's yep.
1: character yeah yes yeah, so which a is great fact for you. great little fact but i do love the scene also when they do eventually go to the paramount lot, lot. paramount lot
0: yeah um, uh they try to get in and they're not letting her in but then she sees an old security guard there and he's like oh, norma desmond let her in
1: yeah the and i feel like all of them when they all kind of like you know, once people start recognizing her and stuff like that, like there's that great scene right after there when they go into the studio when when she finally goes in there and starts talking to uh, Cecilia DeMille, like before she actually talks to him, like shines the light on her. Like, oh wait, it's, you know, look who it is. And the the actual spotlight's on her. And everybody says, oh, like all older actors kind of come over and say, oh, look who it is.
2: Miss Desmond, it's me. It's Hall Guy. Hello, Hall Guy. Let's get a good look at you. Look, there's Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. Why, I thought she was dead.
1: How nice to see you.
2: Welcome home, mister. You You remember me,
1: don't you? I I just love that. Definitely.
0: It's so cool. Every time they kind of reference who she was and then she like gets caught up in, in the, the spotlight of it all it was very delightful
1: but we learned that she's not for the comeback she's not there it's now. remember that
0: crazy fucking car we were just talking yeah. about they love it too and they want to put it in a movie
1: yeah not really the desired uh, effect that she wanted
0: because yeah uh, it's a you know he's very nice he's uh, glad to see her but he's like oh she's here because of that awful script she sent over
1: yeah so he kind of like Tries to play along. Tries to be nice. But at the very end, you see like that real, like that he gets real snippy. Once she like, once she's out of earshot, he's just like, tell them not to use that car. Like, don't like, doesn't want anything to do with yeah, it. Like, like, I'm, I'm completely washing make, my hands. Yeah. I gotta
0: make this movie. Like, come on. Man. Yeah. It's a shame. It would have been a great car. I think it belongs in a movie. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll, we'll find something for it.
1: You gotta see if that car's still around,
0: but she's already caught up in it. She fell for it. And so she's going through some crazy beauty routines all she's in all sorts of crazy like old contraptions you know like one where you see just her head zipped into some steam machine or whatever the eyebrows get crazier uh, the face Massages, gets messages yeah wild sorts stuff. Of stuff she thinks um, she's back in it she's back baby um and then this is when we find out that max you know was a director and discovered her as a teenage girl yeah and then they got married we got divorced and he just was a little too uh depressed that or so he mm. decided to engage in servitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Poor bastard. That's, that's no life. But he's, yeah. Yeah, he'll be alone by the end of it.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's, that's a noir ending in itself. For, oh, yeah. I mean
1: the ending, we'll get to, but the ending's amazing. Yeah.
0: A lot of, a lot of layers as we're discovering. Yes. Um, so in secret, though, Joe is working on the script with Betty.
1: Untitled yes, Love
0: Project, I believe it's called, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, which is, which uh, is great. Uh, so he sneaks out at night. He takes the car. They get a lot closer, and they're going to – well, what's the friend's name? Oh, Artie. Artie, Artie yeah. is in Arizona?
1: Yeah, he's on location working, for, a, for a Western, yep.
0: Yeah, working on a Western, and she he wants her to come. and get, They're going to get married. It was like a $3 marriage you can get there.
1: Yeah, $2 or $3, something like that. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal.
0: Arizona, and he can put that's how you get hundred,
1: it done. Honeymoon wrapped up, you're out out in Arizona, you know why? Absolutely,
0: not? yeah. Head down to Mexico if you need to.
1: But she doesn't want to go. She wants to be with Joe Gillis.
0: She loves Joe. Yeah. Joe's allegiances, however, are very confusing the entire time.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. It's I, not I think, a complaint.
0: I I love yeah. it. I think but I like that there's that kind of uh ambiguity, but right. you never know how he really feels about any of these women.
1: Yeah, he definitely plays it very like aloof a lot of times you really can't get a good sense that's, of where his heart is. That's yeah. how you get
0: women. That's how you get them. Apparently I'm always out there. Like, ah, Look at this bleeding heart, but no, no you keep yeah. it, keep it to the sleeve, baby.
1: Keep it, yeah. Keep it close. Yep. Um, But yeah, no, I, I, I like, I, I did like the rapport that the two of them kind of had and you get a little bit like when they're going on the walks on the, the Paramount lot and kind of talking, and he gets real close and he's like, you know, we really need to kinda of like back off, but like yeah now Feel he, a, seems, he feels a little guilty. Yeah, but but I think ultimately he does care for her at least to some degree. Like he does have act, actual feelings for her. I, I I get that impression at least. Um obviously more so than him and, and Norma. So
0: Yes. And Norma discovers the manuscript eventually.
1: Right. With so both she, starts, the names she on it. starts prank calling uh <laughs> Betty.
2: May I speak to Miss Betty Schaefer? She must be home by now. Hey Betty. Here's that weird-sounding woman again. Well, what is this, anyway? This is Betty Schaefer. You must forgive me for calling you so late, but I really feel it's my duty. It's about Mr. Gillis. You do know Mr. Gillis. Exactly how much do you know about him? Do you know where he lives? Do you know how he lives? Do you know what he lives on? Who are you? What do you want? What business is it of yours, anyway? Miss Schaefer, I'm trying to do you a favor. I'm trying to spare you a great deal of misery. Of course, you may be too young to even suspect there are men of his sort. I don't know what he's told you, but he does not live with relatives, nor with friends, in the usual sense of the word. Oh, ask him. (laughs) Ask him again.
0: And Joe hears it. He overhears it from the mansion and he mm-hmm. says, Hey, why don't you come on over? Interesting power play, but you know, yes. why not? I mean, he's sort of not really with either of these women, you know? Right. So, Hey, what's a bunch of pals coming over. I'll teach a bridge.
1: He's in a love triangle. That's not really a triangle. It's really yeah. nothing.
0: <laughs> nah, just pass it off to Max, you know, he'd love yeah. this kind of troubles. So she comes over, she checks the place out and she says, Hey, why don't you, why don't you get out of here? Let's just, Work on this script, but Joe, he says, "You know what? Why don't you go ahead and head on back to RD. yes
1: yeah, she. It, it is pretty like cold-hearted, and you wonder like, is it that standard trope? Like, again, it's like he really does love her, but like he also doesn't want to hurt Norma, Norma either. Yeah. So, so he's kind of like stuck.
0: Well, um, yeah, and then that's kind of like you say, where he's like, right. "All right, I'm just gonna bail. I'm going back to Ohio to work the old newspaper job." Yeah. So, you know that that, and that's a classy move, you know. I, I honestly yeah. like Joey. Does some questionable things throughout the movie, but ultimately he's not a bad guy.
1: Yeah, you know he tries at this point, and and he's he's leaving, and yes. then doesn't really make it very far.
0: No, he does not. Uh, Norma, uh, she did allude earlier to uh, she had a revolver, a gun.
1: Yeah, she had a gun. Yep, we see it a little bit right before that. It's on her bed at one point. Yeah,
0: but she's been hyping it, and um, <laughs> you know she didn't let us down. She she whipped that bad boy out, and she shoots him in the back.
1: Yep. And he falls right into the pool. Right into that
0: pool. And we're like, hey, wait a second. That's that beginning shot. I
1: know that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the flashback's over, and we're we're right back to it. The house is full of of cops and reporters, a lot of cameras.
1: Yep. Big scandal.
0: A lot of, uh, both... film cameras they're gonna have paramount
1: paramount's there paramount's there yeah paramount there to film it's the newsreel so it's not it's not really i think what she wanted ultimately but
0: but i mean she's so delusional at this point i don't even think that's you know she even realizes it or she's just able to power through
1: but it's a great uh, touch. I mean, obviously, like, the whole idea of it and the metaphor of it is just fantastic. Like, everything, you know, in the set, you see, like, you see the setup happening and, like, that was, for me, like, one of the most enjoyable things about the entire movie, like, is that payoff at the end? Like, just kind of seeing, like, all of these things line up at the very end of, of basically being like a film, like you know, it's that I think it's just perfect. Like I mean, yeah. obviously that's that was the goal, but you know, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it for sure.
0: So she descends down the staircase. Um, the, the cops and, and Max are kind of playing along, being like, "Yeah, this is it. The Demille's here. We're gonna do this." And um, he
1: becomes well, I mean, he kind of becomes the director more or less. I mean, yes, yeah, exactly. That's you know, right. He, he
0: he you know tells him where to light it and yep. where to point the camera. On
1: action, you know. And
0: you know, she makes a speech too, saying, you know, she's she's glad to be back yep and then we get the, the world famous
2: all right mr demille i'm ready for my close-up
1: and the face is just there yeah the just like silent movies i mean that's i mean a lot of silent movies i mean that is really what you know they're about because it was more reliant on on the visuals and the facial expressions to really portray the acting versus obviously versus actual dialogue. So yeah. uh, it, it's just a great harken back to that. No,
0: I mean, I think that's why she does so well yeah. is because she has those tricks up her sleeve. And um, for sure. Cause the physical performance is, is so good on top of what she surprisingly is able to give us. It's exactly. great. So this this movie rules. I was ready to watch it all over again.
1: Yeah, I, like I said in the beginning, like I I loved it. I did I, you
0: stream it, this one? Did you uh, Amazon Prime this? I
1: did. I did. I, it, dude, I I will tell you, like honestly, there have been multiple times where I've actually been in stores, I've held the Blu-ray in my hand, yeah. and For whatever reason, I just didn't buy it. Like I just for, something in the back. That great poster
0: just, with the red, yeah. and they've like you know most of the times they're always trying to. To redesign you know remarket these things but that thing is so iconic like you can't change it
1: i will say that i would buy this this is this is a movie that like even though a lot of times i will buy physical regretting not buying it i
0: feel like i've been buying all the wrong ones (laughs) (laughs) i uh next time i see it you know be it a sale or just the right time i'm getting it because i love this movie so
1: much it's very good just very 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 well done and i guess i think i had maybe like a preconceived notion about it, or i had an expectation of it and it actually didn't live up to that it didn't it didn't it wasn't what i thought it was and and in a good way for the better yeah i had i had a different uh expectation of it that it did it didn't fulfill so in that regards i think like i said i I liked it more than i expected based on that preconceived notion I, i had about it so i guess it goes to show you that a lot of times uh you know, preconceived notions like that are not good
0: because i mean i remember when we did postman uh you know the one that always rings twice you know that was one the only that,
1: one that the only way
0: but yeah we we both had not seen that one and that, that was one that definitely had preconceived notions and they they you know they ultimately weren't fulfilled
1: yeah i definitely but felt a little I, let down by that one for sure yeah so i'm
0: glad that we were able to provide this one and and, mm-hmm. and go to show that like hey, hey sometimes you're wrong Right, things are mainstream for a reason. I mean, this movie was so huge; it was nominated for a ton of Oscars. Um, Swanson did not win,
1: which is surprisingly. Ridiculous. Yeah, but
0: uh, and it was you know everyone was shocked by that. Judy Holliday won for Born Yesterday, but it was that Betty Davis was nominated for All About Eve at the same time, and they figured that those two had kind of canceled each other out.
1: It's because she had Betty Davis eyes, that's why. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry. That's all right.
0: Uh, let me see if I have any more fun facts for this bad boy.
1: Well, I think the house wasn't actually located on Sunset Boulevard. It was. Oh actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly. It,
0: I saw some of that. This this one was tough because there's so many like fun facts. Is such a, a famous movie that's just yeah. been under the microscope for so long. So I
1: just you know I I didn't too want too many to, facts. Too many facts. That's not fun. Many, you know? it's, exactly. not, it's not fun anymore. You know.
0: You know, I think it's more fun when it's just like a, a little more obscure one, and we, we can provide a little something for you. But you know, there's. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I got to imagine people have really like killed it on this subject. Uh, yes. But we're happy to give you an excuse to watch this one. It's,
1: it's a good yeah. time. And we're trying to get a wide variety too. I mean, you're trying to try to kind of really spice it up and, and do a little bit of everything.
0: And this one, you know, is both that it's a little more of a mainstream one, you know, and you want to kind of get a couple more, but also that it was just available for streaming probably because it is a little more mainstream. Uh, sure. It, it, it's hard to, to find these ones at streaming, and I, you know, you, I want you guys to be able to play along as much as possible. I don't know how many of our fans are like just diehard like Blu-ray buyers, or do they know torrents? You know, I'll teach you torrents. You can email email us at the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. I'll teach you torrents if you need to find these movies.
1: Who is Who is torrents? But yeah, I, I loved it.
0: Great movie. Uh, deserves everything that's said about it. All the accolades wonderful billy wilder what a what a director i gotta get into more of his stuff
1: yeah i, I think this is only like the third maybe fourth of his i've seen and, and yeah definitely definitely so out there. clear
0: that this guy knows what he's doing uh, he
1: he knew a thing world. or two
0: yeah. <laughs> wilder times my friend yeah all right well i think that's gonna do it for us next week we are gonna watch 1950s destination murder
1: oof I'm and you are, you are all in for a treat. Did, did you see this one or did you not? I have see
0: this? not seen this one. So I will be oh. one of those who are
1: treated. Oh, you, you, uh, it, I'm all I'm going to say is this is one of the most wild rides. I, I remember the first time I watched it. Uh, I was just like blown away. at just like how fast paced and how it, it's just like, it's, it's bonkers. Like absolutely bonkers film. That's all I'll say. It's just like, you watch this, you're like, what? It is just it is a ride and a half, so I, I really hope that you enjoy it.
0: Nice. I mean, I might have seen it. I, the name seems sort of familiar, but I, I'm not quite sure. Um,
1: there's something. There's something amazing about this movie that I'm not going to give away yet to the listeners or to you. But there was some a very small thing in this movie that you will love and appreciate, and I hope okay. that you pick up on it.
0: I hope you remember next week when we. Oh, I, I will. I'm, I, oh, it's, I'm sure. I, I've
1: been thinking. I've been thinking about because it it, <laughs> it's something that you've talked about before a lot. Uh, of uh, 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 like a joke that you that you have that you. That you I have a lot and i feel oh. like you'll really appreciate
0: all right is there fog in this movie
1: <sighs> is there fog in this movie no there's no fog in this movie
0: okay so you like it and there's no fog so yes. we're really i can't wait to see what it has to offer i was gonna what say, this yeah, joke it's, is.
1: yeah it's it's uh we're it's gonna good. find
0: you a good a fog one though i'm going in my my brain archives and seeing what what the foggiest noir i could think of is
1: i i can't get enough
0: i haven't the foggiest at the moment <sighs>
1: <laughs> so you don't have a foggy no- fo- the foggiest notion or anything or foggy notion? I do not. Okay, but yeah, I I, I think I think you'll I, I hope I hope that you enjoy Bird because it's it's pretty fantastic. Fantastic. I will have gem. the answer for you in seven days' time, my friend. I can't wait. And now a breaking news bulletin from out of the podcast.
0: In my head, I wanted to do this like Wayne's World, like as if as if we're gonna do destination murder <laughs> yo! they brought back wayne and garth for that uh, uber eats campaign oh. and it is fucking horrifying dude oh
1: it's so bad i like and, and like somebody mentioned it and it's so true like it, it, it's it's so bad that it's like they made fun of what they did in the first Wayne's World movie, and then they actually earnestly did it later on in real first, life, like selling out. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, like which absolutely. And like, I, I don't know if like they understand that, or like I don't know if they recognized, or thought about that at, at any point. They were probably just thinking like, yeah, we're getting paid tons of money. I don't think they're that self-aware way.
0: at this point. I really think, yeah,
1: probably not. They look so dead inside. It's so sad to watch. Like just the how and how bad the costumes looked too. It just like it no, was bad. but this this
0: deserves that. It brings up a greater point and gives better compliments to uh, Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves. They did a phenomenal job with Bill and Ted 3. Somehow they were able to come back to that world and, and pull it off. Uh, I, I love that. Did you watch that Face the Music?
1: I didn't. I, I'm actually not a huge Bill and Ted fan. So like, oh, and not,
0: fuck I, you. Who gives a shit? You have to think about it. But no,
1: it's, the... it's not just I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I just never really watched it. Like, I, I never, Damn. like, I just never, it was just never something that was on my radar.
0: I can't take back this fuck you till you watch these movies. All
1: right, fine
0: all right will watch them uh but they, they did they did a third movie and they uh, defied yeah. the odds it was amazing i really 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 enjoyed it um it helps with them because they had like uh, the same writers for all those movies right. but it, it was just great especially alex winter coming back uh, after all those years of being out from acting just right. doing documentaries uh mm-hmm. actually my childhood friend edited one of his documentaries oh so wow shout out to weston cadwell that's cool. Um, but yeah, that, that was impressive, this showed that it can be done. So you know what? I'm going to take back that fuck you I gave you and give it to Wayne and Garth. You blew it.
1: Did I ever tell you that, about my, my my idea for Wayne's World 3? If they ever did a sequel, did I ever tell you that? What do you got? So it's coming, so
0: I think they're listening. They're ready for it.
1: All right, so so this is my – So my it's an Uber
0: Eats campaign, right?
1: It's an Uber <laughs> Eats – it's DoorDash. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, – so my idea is that now that we're in – it's 2021 – they now have a podcast instead of uh, cable, cable access. And what happens is that they have to, that someone's trying to, to buy out or close uh, Stan Makia's Donuts. And they try to put together this whole thing to try to save Stan Makia's Donuts. And it's I like Stan that you're
0: making Stan Makia's Donuts the, the high point because I, I love Ed O'Neill. Like his, he's probably the, the best part of those movies. Right. And He's I want so to bring, because I want to bring
1: him back into it. Like I want Absolutely. him to be a part of it. I, so, love,
0: I love this.
1: Okay. So then, so then, yeah. And then him and Cassandra are married. And then you have Garth married to uh, Miriam Diablo, oh, Olivia Diablo from uh, Diablo from the second one. Because remember, it's the one that looks like her. Yes, but yes. From the permit office. So they're married. And, uh, and yeah, it's just about that, their lives. Like maybe they have kids or something like that. And it's just them being – it's, like, them having to – because the second ones them kind of getting a little bit older and trying to deal with more adult stuff. And this is, like, taking it even a step further, saying they have families and then trying to cope with being, like, true, like, parents and adults and having a podcast and then trying to save Stan Mikita's doing it. So that Sounds like – and this is your homework assignment, Dan. I, yeah.
0: I, you know, I say watch a lot of things, and they don't go watch, so just tisk. But watch Bill and Ted. Okay. Watch all the three of them. The third one kind of deals with a lot of these themes that you're speaking of. Okay think i think you'd have a good time with it but this seems like it could be
1: viable though right like you think Absolutely. like this seems like oh okay like, like we're we're
0: in the youtube generation now It makes perfect sense that public access would evolve to something like that like right, a youtube exactly. podcast um
1: that's what yeah. i'm thinking about like what, what's the next evolution of that like podcasting like the
0: i had the greatest idea for karate kid five and then that cobra kai came out and ruined everything uh, damn it yeah which I refuse to watch because I think oh, my yeah. ideas were better. Yeah. Thank you. you know thank you, Dan. For, this is why I, you're my friend. We do a podcast together because the whole world's like, oh, oh God, I'm fucking, I'm creaming for Cobra Kai over here. And it's just so clearly a
1: piece of fucking shit. And it's just, yeah. I'm, no. I'm just like, I'm not into it. And like, even with the movies, like I, I, I can't really watch as much anymore. Like I liked them a lot when I was a kid, but like, I think we talked about it before, like, I feel like I never really realized until I was older, just how much, like, I can't stand Daniel Daniel LaRusso. Like, he just is annoying. <laughs> like, like, he just whines about everything. And he puts himself in these situations. Like, he's the one that's kind of, like, fermenting all these situations. Like, he could easily just, like, not put himself into these positions where he's getting attacked and bullied all the time. Uh, like, easily. Like, it's not just, like, it's coming to him. Like, he's, like, bringing it on himself, you know? Like, I don't know. That That's, like, my, my gripe. If only as, you were as around
0: movie. as a father figure to put a stop to these hijinks, it would have been fine. And it's because of that that we're not watching Destination Murder this week. Uh, that's why we lied to you. Also, because it's—we'll talk about this next week too. Impossible to find. Yes. At, at the moment, uh, we'll we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be a blue by that point or something. Um, I was very much looking forward to it. But uh, next week we are actually going to do the
2: setup. <laughs> Hurry it up, won't you? The first fight's on already. Ah, oh, they put us back in the eighth row. Get your you're old fight I couldn't find them any place. Let's go on in. Well, we'll give them five more minutes. All right? All right. I don't know why I let George talk me into coming. Why, Harry, I thought you liked the fight. Like them? Last time I kept my hands over my eyes the whole time. What do you like? Hawkins for a sawbuck. You gotta bet. How about the semi? I'll take Lopez, even money. Are you kidding? They're laying three to one, even money by a KO. Forget it. How about Nelson and Thompson? Stoker Thompson? Is he still fighting? <laughs> I remember him when I was a kid. Don't tell me you're that old.
0: We're talking. We're, we're actually bringing this from the future where we watched it, and uh, mm-hmm. we won't spoil anything. But uh, what what a cool cool little film! Uh, a nice,
1: a nice substitute.
0: A nice substitute. It is. I. I it did good. It's. It fits in quite nicely. So. So join us next week for that. Uh, we're sorry. We. We, we, we tricked you. We actually tricked you a couple times in this episode because we were almost gonna do Double Indemnity too, and then we didn't. <laughs> and then we're like, we're actually gonna do this movie, and then now we're not doing that movie. So join us for the setup. Uh, it, it's a rollickin' time. Bring your boxing gloves, and, and uh, we'll see you then. Now back to the episode. All right. Well, everyone else will have to wait. But in the meantime, you could follow us on all your favorite social medias. Boy, on the Twitters. We're on Out of the Cast. Yes, we don't have our name. There's an Out of the Podcast account. Nothing about being Out of the Podcast, uh, which is fascinating. There's also a podcast stand called Out of the Past. Just straight up took the, the, the name. How dare they? And they do... They do film noir, but they're all over the place. And they also ended in like 2015. So I think we're wow. okay. We're just kind of on the torch, you know? Yeah. You want to go with that route? Or I was thinking we would become enemies with them.
1: Kind of kind of like the real Ghostbusters versus like the Filmation one, you know? Yep. Like, like they're the like
0: Filmation podcast. And, uh,
1: different trajectories, but same name or similar Absolutely. Name. And we come in later. And we're like, yeah. we want
0: that name. <laughs> we're going to take it. But loosely. I don't know. They're out there. Um, I don't know. Listen to, listen to them. Maybe they're good. They're, they're not. I don't know. I'm
1: just, I'm Find out
0: these poor random guys. Thanks for covering film noir and having a podcast, guys. Yeah, can, it
1: can't be all, all bad.
0: Uh, there you go. But uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook Out of the Podcast. We know how to register those properly. And aforementioned, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. We need taglines. We need Dan's nickname.
1: We need and- you to make egg creams.
0: Egg <laughs> creams. Yeah. Come along on the Magic Egg Cream ride with us and we'll we'll see you guys next week. I forgot.